Taylor McKee, he's an assistant professor in sports management at Brock University. He's here with us tonight on the show. Taylor, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, are you a Coke fan, by the way? Are you Pepsi or Coke? Are we allowed to are we allowed to do that kind of marketing oh, on on air? Un, unequivocally, Coke. Not even, a, <laughs> not even a, absolutely no question. Coke forever. Coke forever. Do you know that I I think if I remember correctly, when they did those blind taste tests, I don't know if you're old enough to remember those or if you've ever done one, but it was a huge campaign. You would go through malls and so on, and they would be doing it. And I believe Pepsi went out in the blind taste tests, but, but more people still continue to drink Coke and it, you know, it raises other questions basically, right. Which is fascinating on so many levels, uh, but it's connected kind of to what we're, th- we're talking about here, you know, just this idea of, of advertising and uh, responsibility and ethics in advertising. And Taylor, what, what are some of your thoughts on, 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 the, on this, this headline, this this article that I've been looking at uh, recently out of the globe as sports betting flourishes in Canada, other countries are starting to crack down. It is a really unique period right now for sports for sports betting in Canada because it's experiencing this this period of unbelievable growth. I mean, truly staggering amounts of growth. And you know, I've heard this sort of characterized in this way that we're probably about twenty years behind Europe in terms of the way we've reconciled with these issues. Well, wow. so like in two thousand and nineteen, fifty three percent of the world's online gambling markets related to sport were were made up by Europeans. So it's a huge market in Europe. It's absolutely massive. And you know the the stats from from Canada, they they estimate, and these are really crude estimations, about fourteen and a half billion dollars as an industry. Before the legal market came, that's a ton of money. It's an absolute ton of money. And it certainly is a, a period of, of seemingly unrivaled expansion. The, one of the most strange impositions on our sport experience right now is if you watch sports, uh, companies that we used to really blush about even telling you, you know, who is favored in the game. Uh, now we have Sportsnet telling us the, you know, real time odds of various games when they do game breaks on a Blue Jays broadcast. They have you know, what the money line is in that very moment. And there, it's almost as if gambling was created a couple of years ago. So it's a very right, odd experience right. for, for viewers. Do, do you, uh, can I ask you, do you, get, do you gamble at all in sports events? I engage in a practice called happiness hedging, where I bet. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you got to, what does that even mean? That's fantastic. I, I do tell, I need to learn more. <laughs> If you were, say, the fan, a fan of the Calgary Flames, like unfortunately yeah. I am, uh, if you were to bet against them uh, in any one game, uh, yeah. you are guaranteed to be happy either way. So it feels like you're purchasing their success. I don't advocate this as a practice; it is deranged, but it is my own. That's <laughs> so funny. We, I'm going to have to talk to Glenn, our content producer, and see if we can do a segment on that. That's uh, that's really interesting. I don't know why I've never heard of that before. But you know, it is easy to make uh, jokes about this and to to poke fun and so on and. A lot of people can, I suppose, gamble here and there. And, and, you know, I mean, I grew up in a house where my father would say, you know, he, I mean, he didn't, he just didn't buy lottery tickets at all. And of course, you know, gambling would, would have been more, you know, involving cards and, you know, actually at the casino, I suppose. But he also saw lotteries that way. And my dad used to get a, a lot of pleasure out of telling people that, you know, you get a better chance of getting hit by lightning than you do, you know, winning the lottery. And then somebody would always say, well, but it's about the Herald, somebody's got to win, right? So, so clearly I get it. Um, it hasn't done quite as well as they'd hoped in the first quarter, I don't think. 
um, from what I, what I've read. But you're you're saying we're twenty years behind. What are what are some of these lessons that these other countries are learning? I think the twenty years behind certainly refers to the way in which we realize the implications of allowing right. sports betting into our sports, and. Europe has, has learned some hard truths about this. One of the, the most unique things about sports gambling as it relates to young people right now is I, I just, because I knew I was going to be talking to you, so I, I asked my class about this today, and there are, there are nice. four-year students who are at Brock. How many of you um, have gone to a casino in the past two years? And I think I had probably, don't forget, of course, the, the age thing is tough here because they've, they've only been illegal for, to do so in a few for the last few years. I think I had about three or four hands, and I must have had... 85, 90% of the class put their hands up for engaging in, in sports betting. Now, one of the great sort of slights of hand is, is allowing young people, especially young men, to sort of believe that sports betting is somehow distinct from that practice of visiting mm. the casino and, you know, going to the roulette table. Um, it, it has a sort of like morally upstanding quality to betting on your against the Leafs or, you know, something like that. Right. But <laughs> it it's unbelievable how successful it has been among young, certainly young males in, in my anecdotal uh, experience, uh, instructing young males in a sport management faculty. I mean, they are, they are every single class when I, when I'm able to walk by their screens, I'm looking at a lot of people um, placing bet three, six, five, bet 99. I mean, you name it, it is incredibly ubiquitous. And that is something that is very, very, very new for, for a young person's first experience with gambling, which 20 years ago would have been, you know, maybe you go with your parents to a casino one time and put five bucks on black. I mean, things are, the gambling has reached young people very, very quickly uh, with the advent of sport betting. So, so I think Britain's announced recently that, that uh, not long after the Ontario market went live, that they were going to ban ads featuring athletes. And then of course we have a few ads, at least I know of two, uh, one with a pretty famous hockey player in this country, and then another with a pretty famous actor from a, a TV series that a lot of us have watched over the years. Um, you know that they would soon be illegal in 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 Britain. So I'm, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, aren't we? Don't don't we collect data for a reason? <laughs> like, what's what's up? What's up with this approach, Taylor? <laughs> Certainly, I mean, you're absolutely right. It is a bizarre that, you know, you see the stars of, of these teams who ostensibly you'd be betting on or against plastered all over the, the walls of these betting commercials. There's where I live out here in St. Catharines. There's a gigantic one right by the Welling Canal. And there's also Wayne Gretzky right around the corner from my office uh, has a big betting uh, advertisement for himself. What's unusual here is this sort of denial of reality, which is the fact that, you know, what what kind of market are we introducing young people to here? I think in Europe, they've realized that, you know what, there should, we should think long and hard, but the same way that they did with Formula One racing and cigarette companies, where it was like, you know mm. what, maybe it's not cool to have seven-year-olds walking around with Marlboro t-shirts. It was like, maybe we shouldn't have Lewis Hamilton advertising for gambling companies. And that, I, I can sort of see the logic there, certainly. But right now, it's such a feeding frenzy to try and establish who's going to be tops in the market. You're seeing the score and Rogers all placing large bets, no pun intended, on the sports betting market that there's the no defined hierarchy right now. So it's a feeding frenzy. And that is leading to, I think, some pretty dubious decisions in, in terms of the morality of betting. Yeah, you know, if we had a little more time, I'd certainly want to step into the morality and the ethics of it all because I think there is a distinction to be made there. And 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 perhaps Taylor, we can have you back on the show. I think this is a, I think this is going to be in in the news for a while, and I, I think we should unpack it a little bit more. Taylor McKee, assistant professor in sports management at Brock University. Thanks for joining us on the show tonight, Taylor. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to On Point. My name's David Peck.